Welcome to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. Now, the name of our program might be a bit unconventional, but for that better, so is our approach. We'll discuss traditional and alternative practices and therapies designed to improve and maintain the health of your best friends, your pets. With the ideas discussed on the show today, your pets could live longer and healthier lives. Now, here is Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. Hi, everybody. I'm Kristen Carlson. Uh, Welcome to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. I'm here with Dr. Jim Carlson, holistic veterinarian and owner of Riverside Animal Clinic and Holistic Center, located in Chicago's northwest suburbs. Actually, we're located in McHenry, Illinois, and live from there right now. Dr. Carlson's quotes appear in dozens of publications you can find on the Internet, including MarthaStewart.com, PetMD, Rover.com, and many, many others. Dr. Carlson practices a unique blend of Eastern and Western medicine and customizes treatments for each individual pet he sees in practice. We'd absolutely love to hear from you today, and you can reach out to us by email, holisticvetadvice at gmail.com. We're here today to inform pet owners of issues facing their pets, trends in the industry, and new treatments you might not know about that can help you help your pet. We encourage you to discuss any issues with your veterinarian or track down Dr. Carlson on Facebook. Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice is our page name. You can get in touch with us to talk about your pet's case, find out more about our holistic program, and discover some of our favorite treats and foods. Dr. Carlson's here now with us to discuss the show lineup today. That's great. We're going to discuss new proteins used in pet foods and why they're so great for pets with different skin and allergy issues. Uh, we also have a wonderful guest today, mm-hmm. Siva from the Westminster Kettle Club. The winner <laughs> the of the winner. Westminster <laughs> Kettle Club dog show. <laughs> We're very excited to be just a step away from celebrity right now. In fact, our special guest is the owner and breeder of this year's Westminster Kennel Club dog show, best in show winner. The ribbon is so big and long. Oh, it's it's absolutely yeah. stunning. And, oh, the dog, <laughs> exceptional. Connie Unger joins us today from Stone Run Standard Poodles in Pennsylvania. Hi, Connie. Uh, hi. You've and been hi on Cloud everybody. 9 for a while now, haven't you? <laughs> I, I have been, and there's been a lot of excitement um, around Seba, um, and she loves it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just tell us a little bit about your big win at Westminster and then everything that's happened since then. Okay, um, I am not the handler of Seba. In other words, I don't take her into the ring because I can't do, I'm not a groomer. I'm a breeder. Oh. So I mm-hmm. cannot do all the hair preparation, which takes between four and five hours for wow. every oh, single crazy. show. So and were you the one the up, show, in the, uh, up in the stands biting your nails? Yes, I was. <laughs> um, uh, very, very nervous because... Um, you know, last year she won the variety, and then she went to group, but she placed fourth in the group. Oh, and okay. um, I actually did not want my handler to take her back because I oh. thought, well, we're going to lose the variety because the competition in the variety this year was really difficult. I mean, oh. many, many of the dogs could have won. Oh, and, wow. Um, we, were fort- you know, we were fortunate enough that Siva won again, and... Um, uh, who it changed was, your mind brilliant. about taking her back? Well, um, I wanted her to retire from Orlando, the the Royal Canaan uh, National Championship. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. the show I wanted her to retire from. But my handler kept saying, no, we're, we're going to retire from the Westminster. It, you know, 
We're going to try it again. She was very upset uh, at placing fourth last year in the group. Um, and there was some discrepancy, some problems with the judging that year, uh, last oh. year. And there were no non-sporting dogs represented in Best of Show. Really? So okay. That's wow. part of the reason why she really wanted to go back. When and, did you guys um, kind of realize Siba might be the top dog in the world? Um, when she was at her very first show in a town named McCungie in Pennsylvania in <laughs> September, she was six months, one week. And Crystal took her into the ring, and she won the variety of that day. Wow. Which, you know, here's this puppy, and a puppy cut, being... Uh-huh dogs that were already champions, grand champions, and here oh. she won. And uh, the people were shocked that the judge put her up. And oh. when my handler came out of the ring, she says, you know, I think we have something special here. <laughs> the understatement uh, of the world. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So yeah. it looks and like she really likes the applause. Tell us a little bit more about her personality. Oh, oh well, she... She is a diva. When she walks into the ring, um, she naturally does that little stretch. That is not taught. I have pictures of her doing that at home, trying to teach a puppy how to do oh, that. I saw thing. that on your Facebook stretch. page. Yeah. So yes, cute. And it, it is so natural for Siva to do that. So she stretches Aww. to make sure she's in good shape before she starts. Oh. And then for her, this is her... Her job, you know, like, you know, the, uh, some poodles are hunting dogs. Some people, some poodles are companion, agility. Uh, they do all different kinds of things. But I think she views showing as her job. Oh. So she's really on target. She loves the applause. I mean, uh, just absolutely loves it. I think it gives her extra energy. And oh, I yeah. Have to say, she thrives on it. The, the night of Westminster... Um, she was really on top of her game. Um, she was totally focused and um, just did an excellent job of, of being shown. Oh. And um, she had not been shown for uh, since Christmas, and I was concerned that she mm-hmm. would have forgotten how to do it. Uh, my, my handler overturned her ankle, so she couldn't take her in some uh, other shows. And I was I was really concerned that um, she wouldn't enjoy it as much as when she went back, but she just thrives on that kind of uh-huh. of environment. They know more than you she think, you know. They yeah, they really they do. Have you seen this article? It's so funny. It's by L dot com. Uh, the writer is R. Eric Thomas, and he, the article is called Seba, the Dowager Dog Who Won Westminster is My New Queen. And this is hilarious. I hope you've seen this article. You'll have to you'll have to look at it if you haven't. But it says here, Seba is anything but standard, even though she's considered a standard poodle. The disrespect, honestly, is galling. This is really funny. Is the Hope Diamond standard? Is the Mona Lisa standard? Calling Seba standard is like calling universal income basic. It makes sense, but I don't like it. <laughs> this guy is is so funny and totally in love with Seba, as so many people are. Um, she, um, you've been breeding and training poodles for a while now. When did you, um, are there any 
anything about this particular breed of dog that you can tell us about? Because they appear to be very intelligent. Well, uh, they they really are, and they're beyond intelligent. They're intuitive. In mm-hmm. other words, if you're having a bad day, they're extra good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, they're, they're re- what other thing about Siba and her showing? Um, she has had a number of massages when. She is not quite moving correctly in the ring. My handler mm-hmm. has a massage done on her to really help her flow even. I mean, she does float when she moves. Mm, um, interesting. And so she has had that and she's had acupuncture. Oh, you she has. That all, of her, uh, all of her muscles are just in tone. I mean, um, she has certainly been pampered um, in, oh, yeah. in her, you know, her mm-hmm. showing career. Um, and she absolutely, but when she's not being shown, I think it's really neat. Um, she loves like, uh, they went for a hike and, uh, Afghan hound was with her. The Afghan hound ran into, uh, a pond and <laughs> she looked at it and then she decided to go into the pond and then she's oh. in full coat. And, oh uh, boy. <laughs> you know, she just loves to, I mean, she runs along the beach, um, she just loves all the different environments, and mm-hmm. I, I think what really makes her outstanding is that she's happy no matter where she is. She's happy in oh, the yeah. show ring. She's happy sitting mm-hmm. in her favorite chair uh, watching TV, and they do mm-hmm. watch TV. Oh. <laughs> What's her favorite What's show? What's her favorite show? Yes. <laughs> Does she have a favorite? Uh, well, they love... I don't know. Well, she likes kids' cartoons because Aiden, oh. uh, my uh, handler's son, uh, watches the cartoons, and she sits right along with him and watches the cartoon as oh. he's snacking on carrots. One carrot for him, one carrot for uh, Seba. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> so exercise sounds like it's also a big portion of like keeping her fit. Is that true? Yes, and that is true. I think with, you know, they, they will... They will accommodate to your style of life, a standard poodle. And I think that's mm. what really makes them, them great. Um, they do like to, you know, play fetch, which is an easy way for them to exercise. Um, I have, uh, my cousin does 10,000 steps a day, and she has one of my senior girls, and mm-hmm. she does 10,000 steps a day. Um, oh, wow. Okay. They're... they're they're really a great companion. Um, a number of dogs have gone for service dogs because they are big enough that you can lean on them to help you stand up or whatever your needs are. Um, yeah. And, wow. and they're, they're very, most standard poodles are, have a, a calm, confident disposition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, if you meet the parents and they don't, then, you know, that's probably not the puppy that you want. Oh, um, okay. But they're, they're, they're really, I mean, they're really, an ex- I think, an exceptional um, breed. And, of course, they're wonderful because you can wash them in any kind of shampoo that you like so they smell the way you want them to smell. Oh. Um, there, I mean, there are dog shampoos, but they have hair like us. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I had so, a question about that, because I bet you do get a lot of comments on this haircut. What is the history behind this poodle cut, and how long does it take to get her ready for a show? What's the process? Okay, the, the history behind it is they are the first water-retrieving dogs uh, 
that's been uh, designated in history. Um, oh. They're German dog, and they were hunting dogs for uh, waterfowl. Oh. So um, they were had the coat all over them, and it became too heavy. And they're almost water resistant when you go to wash them. So oh. what the Germans decided to do is to to keep hair on the important parts that keep them warm in the water and then cut off the extra hair that doesn't matter, like the rosettes in, the, in their back, on their back. Uh-huh. That covers yeah. their kidneys. Um, the oh. front coat that is now the, the big puffy coat with a mane, that covers their, their heart and their, their you know, important organs in their chest. Oh. Oh my goodness! Interesting. Um, Interesting. I always yeah, wondered and about then, that. And the French, yeah, the French got a hold of them and fancied them up a bit, and um, <laughs> um, then changed it a bit. And and the the show coat is changing as we speak. Oh, um, okay. I the the continental, the full continental is what Siva is in, uh, but nowadays you are seeing more and more people showing in a modified historic continental clip where they have a short, they do not have the, the high, high hair in the top. The mane is much shorter. It's shorter uh, around their entire body. Um, they still have all the, you know, on the uh, cuffs and all that, they still have hair, but everything is just modified a bit. And mm. judges, I don't think, approve of it yet. Oh, um, okay. One of those I things. Had, yeah, I had a, uh, a girl that was one win off of a uh, grand championship. And I put her, well, Crystal put her in a modified continental clip and then mm-hmm. took her out for six weeks and she never got another point. So I just really? brought her home. Um, wow. So judges don't care for it too much. Handlers don't like it a lot. But I love it because I see if we could get people to show in a modified, now I could do a modified continental clip. I could handle the hair, mm-hmm. and I'm not a groomer. I think it would open up our sport to mm-hmm. a lot more people who love poodles but don't want to contend with the hair. Mm-hmm. I see. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. it would be it would be a wonderful. And then it will go back to their more historical roots of being, um, you know, a sporting dog, a hunting mm-hmm. dog. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I have sense. no squirrels in my yard. They all run, um, and I don't have a rabbit problem in my yard. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody um, might be getting a free meal on your yard. It sounds like <laughs> no, so, no, nobody has ever caught one, but they do. They do chase them. I mean, all my run them off. Good. Oh yeah. Them. So is Seba retiring yeah, yeah. now? What are you going to do with her? She okay. She is fully retired. Oh, okay. And there are even from dog modeling and. Well, there are some commitments that she has to do with Westminster, so she oh. somewhat has to stay in her, her haircut. That's why I do not have her right now. Mm. Um, and then in April, I, I, uh, I hope to have her um, go back to Poodle Club of America and just parade in their parade uh-huh. of champions because last year um, she was the best of the entire show, and it was only Poodles. Oh, really? Wow. That's so neat. Wow. Yeah. Um, What is a uh, professional dog breeding operation? Oh, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Okay. Just going back to her retirement. Mm -hmm. Um, In May, when she comes into her next heat cycle, Mm -hmm. um, 
I'm hoping that I will be able to uh, breed her to whisper wind on a carousel. Mm. And he is the Westminster winner uh, from That's 1991. Up. Really? Okay. Wow. And, uh, I will, I will actually take her to Dr. Hudsonson, mm-hmm. who is a repro vet in Cleveland. Oh, really? And, wow. uh, that's, yeah, that's where she will either have a surgical implant or a transcervical implant. Mm. Okay. Interesting. So I wish I was on the list for one of those puppies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, you know, can you tell us just a little bit about a professional dog breeding operation and, you know, just a little bit about what it's like to own sure. and operate? Okay. I'm probably not your typical poodle breeder. I have mm-hmm. no, no outside runs. I have no kennels. Um, I use the monks of new skeet method of raising puppies. Um, they're, they're normally born in a, a whelping box, Well, they're always born in a whelping box. And then uh, from the whelping box, because I have to keep the room at 80 degrees when they're first born because they can't, they have no heat source at all. Oh. Mm-hmm. So um, they're normally uh, born in my back bathroom where it's nice and snuggy and warm. And then <laughs> once they're two weeks old or three weeks old, I really believe in sunshine. I believe Uh-oh. that makes your health, their, their coats better, your dog's healthier. So I have a huge sunroom that um, I move the whelping box to the sunroom. Mm-hmm. And by, you know, that time they're starting to walk around a little bit and the sun just floods the entire area that I have four or five X pens linked together to give them uh, the running room, and, and if you've seen that on my, my Facebook page, you know, I can have a little jungle gym in there. I have Aww. this. My dogs love, my dog love, loves the cops. And when they're little, <laughs> they get up on them, and they, and they play peekaboo because somebody runs Aww. underneath, and they put their heads out, and the other one peeks down and, and looks at them, and then they go back, and it's, I should have a videotape of it because it is, it is absolutely <laughs> adorable. Um, yeah, I really I like that fresh- looking at your Facebook page, how it just looks like you have things set up in a very family oriented way with a lot of good like energy from nature. And I, that's kind of what we're about, too. And, and it's just so helpful to all dogs, really, not just even the ones growing up, but the ones that are older, too. Yeah, it makes much more. Yeah, natural I, and I, and, right. And I truly, truly believe in that. Like. Uh, when it's warm enough, depending on when the puppies are born, um, mm-hmm. I have an outdoor playground for them. And I use, uh, I know there are professional uh, play gyms and what have you for dogs, but I normally use little tyke um, children's playthings. And I have, I have out in the yard, I have three sliding boards and they love to climb up. They walk up those steps and they actually slide down the sliding boards. Aww. I have a, another thing that's a peekaboo thing, and they love that. Um, all kinds of, of things for them to mentally be engaged. And so I they're stimulated really all the time. For, yes, and I change it so oh. they don't get bored. Nice. Uh, I would say every other day I normally change something around so the puppies say, oh, this is something new. I want to try this. <laughs> oh, and yeah, I, I think that gives them yeah. confidence. 
You know, I, oh, I yeah. treat all I of my I, dogs yeah. as though they're, they're going to be show dogs. And to have a show dog, that dog has to be confident, has to be really stable. Yeah. So with, with um, that kind of play and they are with my older girls, um, uh, they, they're, they're just, they're just really, I really try to make it, well, they're my only focus. I try to make it a really a happy, happy environment for them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fantastic. Well, you're definitely speaking the language of our holistic practice here, too. So, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, we've learned a lot from you today, Connie Unger. Thank you for joining us from Stone Run Standard Poodles. You can find their page on Facebook. Maybe you get to follow Siva and her adventures from here. And uh, just absolutely <laughs> lovely dogs. And uh, thanks so much for talking with us today. Oh, you're welcome. I enjoyed the interview. <laughs> okay, good. Thank Bye-bye. you. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So uh, that's so cool. I love hearing about this this winner. She is so pretty. She is. Oh, her hair and hair. yeah. Oh, she's something. She really had a natural movement too. I mean, just watching her, mm-hmm. she really had that pizzazz. Just looking at that picture, it's just, she was it's so refreshing so to hear an owner, you know, so into it and so connected to their animal that they can see when their gates a little off, or they want to enrich their life in so many ways, and they know how to do it. It's and you know, being outside and earthing and being in connection with nature, I think, is pretty amazing. Raising some really happy dogs. Yeah, Sounds just like. well-rounded. Mm-hmm. Definitely yeah, holistic. Very well-rounded. That's for sure. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Well, speaking of holistic and woo-woo, the American Animal Hospital Association is reporting new trends in the pet care industry. There's good news for those of you who are fans of holistic and alternative pet medicine. The group reports 74% of people who have used alternative therapies themselves also tried them on their pets. Some of the chosen methodologies include aromatherapy, reflexology, and naturopathy. How do you define naturopathy? Well, naturopathy is following the natural path of health and also disease. So it's using the body's way of really holistically improve, staying healthy, or if we get sick, then using the body to heal itself. Oh, okay. Also, reflexology for humans is done on the feet. So how does it work for dogs? Well, there are reflexology points on on dogs too, and in fact, on their paws. On their paws. Okay. Uh, there's a, a few uh, methods. Um, there's some diagrams that uh, people can use mm-hmm. uh, for their pet's feet uh, to be able to do acupressure uh, and also massage on those areas okay. uh, that coincide with the particular organ systems. Okay. I am going to post some of those to our Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice page then uh, okay. after you help me find those, Jim. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about aromatherapy last week and kind of the pluses and minuses of that. And mostly there's like just one minus and that's don't overdo it, right? Right. Um, but it's a nice way for owners to do something to help their pet at home. There's always many, many things that we can do, but... Um, the thing that's probably most helpful is just being intuitive. Just like, uh, you know, with Siva, just the owner was always intuitive with with how she was and how she feels, and and uh, that's the best way. Is just knowing your pet, spending a lot of time with it, understanding it. Um, aromatherapy can be very very helpful uh, as one of those ways in out in which to uh, help the animal stay calm, mm-hmm. um, and also help to enrich its life. Just like for us. 
Oh, okay. All right. AHA also reports more than a quarter of pets have been treated with mobility-related therapies. Now, this is something that Siva's owner talked about, Mm -hmm. uh, Connie. Um, She said Siva has had acupuncture and massage. Um, Other mobility-related therapies, physical therapy, that can include anything from, you know, like going in like you would with a human physical therapist, right? right? And then even swimming, is good for physical therapy, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's also chiropractic, which, you know, you're not certified to do, but we do have people who, you know, we refer to those to chiropractic appointments too. Mm-hmm. Why are all of these modalities so effective? Well, the, we think about all the veins and nerves and arteries in the body, and they're just like little highways. And okay. what all these methods do is basically help uh, open up circulation. Uh, there's particular meridians that are associated with the different organ systems. So when we're using uh, acupressure, acupuncture, even chiropractic, we're just improving circulation you know, okay. in, in a more traditional sense. But there's methods w- with the particular areas that we're focusing on. Okay. So when you talk about meridians, I've always heard meridians described like so, like a river of energy running through your body, but they run in patterns like from, is it like from head to toe? Mm -hmm. Okay. And you can imagine like basically being sliced (laughs) in uh, segments across your body and that creates a river of energy and that's how it flows through your system and that can be disrupted. That's right because there's energy outside the body. That flows in really through the five senses. Okay. And the body processes that and it flows out. So if we kind of think about that, you know, uh, you know, you hear a sound, so you're hearing music. Mm-hmm. Um, you like the music. It helps your body relax. Your heart rate goes down. You feel good. Okay. Uh, and then you emote a mood that's more relaxed. And then that tends to relax the person beside you. For example, okay, and for pets, it's the same thing. They they sense our energy. They're mm-hmm. feeding off our energy, and uh, we're feeding off theirs. So there's a mutual uh, agreement there. Okay, so when it comes to these rivers of energy flowing through your system, what happens to disrupt that? Well, there's different blockages. Either the body's receptive, if it's perceived it to be stressful then it can cause blocks in the body to remember that noxious influence. Okay. And so uh, if that stress persists too long, it can cause the body to remember that and interfere with normal responses when mm-hmm. that threat has gone away. So uh, this can also be from an accident. It could be from a surgical scar. It could be from many you know, a dog fight or a cat fight or just many different things that disrupt energy that's right and even just uh going on vacation you know for a period of time where the pets don't really understand that we've left but then the acupuncture and some of these other treatments come in and get the energy flowing again right it's so it's sort of like a a child when when they're scared the first thing we do is you know we can rub their head uh, scratch their back tell them it's going to be okay Mm -hmm. Uh, these methods are similar to that just telling the body it's okay to heal it's okay to let that go Mm -hmm. by targeting specific acupuncture points right yeah and does acupuncture hurt Um, most dogs are very receptive cats are as well cats are too that was a surprising thing and i've even had it myself so it's you'll you'll feel like a small pinch 
And to a dog or a cat, that pinch is nothing. Mm -hmm. To me, it, it felt a little prickly. You know, but yeah. then I automatically relax. So it's and the other thing we also um, would point out for mobility issues is cold laser. We have a class four therapy laser here. It penetrates to three to four centimeters at its highest levels. Mm -hmm. Those you know used on horses provides an analgesic effect and uh, reduces inflammation. That's right. It provides a pathway to just let the body heal itself. You know, and to give it instruction. So the body knows what to do. It has an intelligence to heal itself all the time. Okay, and we just want to take advantage of that with holistic medicine and help the pet heal itself. That's right. Just provide those those guidelines to help the body find mm -hmm. that pathway. And it is effective. Really it helps a lot to of align success again. with mm -hmm. all of it. Yeah, especially the mobility stuff. You know? Oh, tremendous. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, we're going to go to a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some changes to um, what's coming up in um, veterinary diets and pet food industry with uh, folks at Avengers Dog Food, avengersdogfood.com. And then um, we're going to talk about some things your pet might be needing if they're eating a uh, diet based on like beef or poultry. So we're going to talk about uh, how to remedy those issues. And then we have a bunch of viewer or listener questions coming up as well. So if you've written to us, we'll be with you in just a moment to answer those questions. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to holisticvetadvice at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. I'm Kristen Carlson with Dr. Jim Carlson, Holistic Veterinarian. We're here today to discuss many topics on health care with you. You might be doing all the right things when it comes to pet food, but it turns out we might all have been missing an essential element. That is a particular range of fats that your dog needs to be healthy. The differences in ruminant diets and diets that come from poultry require different essential fatty acids to balance them out. Jim, explain what ruminant means. Ruminants are plant-eating mammals with a four-chambered stomach, for example, cows, deer, buffalo, sheep, and goats. Okay. So we're talking the big animals, the big farm-type animals. Okay. Um, And then you've got all the poultry-type stuff, which is pretty self-explanatory. If it has wings and a beak, we we know it. Pretty much poultry, yeah. All right. Um, How does this help to add oils to the diet for, you, you know, based on protein type? Well, the the particular diets are missing some of the essential fatty acids. For example, the ruminants um, don't have uh, a particular. Uh, they're missing most of the the uh, linoleic acid and the the arachidonic linoleic acid, okay. um, which sometimes uh, those can be added in mm-hmm. uh, with our particular oils. Um, so that helps to reduce inflammation. Okay. Um, it also helps to. Um, uh, add uh, reduce leaky gut syndrome. It helps to enhance the diet. Helps with the skin and the coat, and uh, and also uh, with with the joints. Okay, um, so we're talking um, everybody. If it's a kibble diet, a raw diet, and you're just doing like the ruminants, like the bison, the buffalo, or bison is buffalo. Uh, I mean beef. Um, those people need to be adding a certain essential fatty acid. Right. And um, But this is pretty easily done. It is. Uh, you can use the two in particular ones that I'm talking about um, for ruminants is you're going to add walnut oil is okay. a very, very good one for that. Uh, also, hemp seed oil mm-hmm. is very, very good. Uh, these provide those as, you know, fatty acids that aren't available in the ruminant diets. Okay. Um, and then sardines is excellent to add because there's only found in fish, the DHA and EPA. So you definitely have to add those. Okay. Now, if your pet is on a chicken, poultry, pheasant, duck, uh, whatever other <laughs> new novel proteins are out there for poultry type animals, then you want to add some flaxseed or chia or walnut. Right. Okay. Or to make this whole thing easy, you can just go with sardines because sardines have everything, the DHA and the EPA, and they have some trace minerals. Yeah, plus iodine. So that's very, very good. Okay. And and that combination, because most of the meats have what the essential fatty acid that's in meat, Mm -hmm. but they lack what's in plants and they lack what's in uh, 
what's in fish. Okay. And if we look at the, the classic ruminant diet, 85% of it would have been meat, but there was actually about 15% or so that was fish, egg, uh, and, you know, other, and fruits and vegetables. So, okay. Uh, we have to, in, if we're going to make diets, we have to make sure we're adding those that 15% in there. And that's right. really important. So from an evolutionary standpoint, meats are fattier, though, now than they used to be. But it's still not always the right fat. Right. You know, they can have uh, too much saturated fatty acids, uh, not, not enough polyunsaturated uh, fat. Okay. Uh, and so, you know, where it's probably you know, best to mix up between ruminants and poultry, kind of alternate okay. every other time. Oh, okay. All right. Because then you're... As long as there aren't any allergies or anything, are you noticing any skin issues? Right. And right. Uh, right. Especially if they if they don't have a chicken allergy. And, and quite frankly, if we're using, uh, you know, grass-fed, pasture-raised animals... Mm-hmm. You're gonna, and you're feeding a more natural diet. You're mm-hmm. gonna greatly reduce allergies. Oh, really? It's really in the processing. And if those chickens are eating grain, sometimes yeah. it can be extremely allergenic. And if it's like a corn-fed beef that you're, that you are going to be feeding. That's right. It's okay. You know the, if they're eating grain. You are what you eat. Okay. So it's going to be in the meat to some level. So if they. Uh, you know, have a grain allergy or allergic to oh. corn, uh, and that animal is fed processed corn, then mm-hmm. you're going to f- get that residue, that energy of the allergy in the meat Ew. that they eat. So okay. that's one of the the big things that fire up with food allergies and even in grain-based allergies. Oh, really? Okay. Right. All right. That's interesting. What was the diet for dogs like mm, more than 100 years ago? Really? Prior to that, yeah. What was it? Well, you know, a, a lot of times, uh, like when we think about the first dogs, mm-hmm. were basically still hunting on their own, mm-hmm. and they would scavenge from what we would eat. But as they became more domesticated, uh, they started to still eat way more naturally. Mm-hmm. It wasn't till the so it was prey, bones, yeah, you know, fur, all the pieces of prey. Basically, the whole animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't till around the 1940s when the, uh, the kibble the, came out. Yeah, when the kibble mm-hmm. came out, because yeah. a lot of the the dogs were like German shepherds, for example, used in war uh, to track and things. They had to feed them, dogs. They had to feed them a regular diet. Right, that yeah. would last a long time. So they made a kibble, uh, and that caught on. Yeah. you know, because it became a a more convenient way to feed, mm-hmm. and you didn't have to worry about gathering all the ingredients right. yeah but yeah. uh and so over time we perfected those diets to understand well the uh, carnivores still need to eat the whole animal some way yeah even if they're not going to just sit down and eat the whole animal they need mm-hmm. to have those ingredients in the yeah. food yeah so diets really in the for the most part have changed a lot over the yeah. evolutionary course of time yeah. um so the sardines, we um, we prescribe a lot of those to so many of our patients here uh, to help with a multitude of problems. 
diet balancing, itchy skin, to name a couple. I'm always looking for products that help our pet owners make it easy to give something like sardines. So I spotted a new product from a Midwest pet manufacturer, Avengers Dog Food. They have canned sardines now. It's a large can, a really good size. The pieces of the fish are super chunky and, um, you know, identifiable. You see the bones in this can of sardines from Avengers. And it also comes with peas and carrots and it's packaged in like a gravy or a broth. And they're a huge hit around here. Very affordable. And we invited the company to talk a little bit about their operation. Let's welcome Brett Schur, the company's assistant vice president. Hi, Brett. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Tell us a bit about the reasons behind the products like the sardines. Sure. So we have some um, unique products where we hand pack um, the cans uh, by hand uh, for our dog food. So that way it has the whole uh, the whole sardine, not processed or ground, so you can actually see it. Um, and because it's cold pack, we're not using a lot of heat, and so therefore it has more of the retained uh, nutrients and smell um, of of the sardine. And that way. Uh, the customer can actually see the product. And same with the dogs, because sometimes it can be very picky and the style of the food uh, actually affects their feeding. So, um, so this is a very unique product where we're not adding any salt to it, which you may find in uh, sardines that you may get for humans. So that oh, way yeah, that's it's a more right. natural diet yeah. uh, for mm-hmm. the dog. Yeah. And, and it's, a great, um, it's, yep, it's great to have the, that option because most Pet foods are usually just meat or poultry-based, and to find a good uh, fish-based food that's, you know, pretty much all natural, um, you know, this is a good option. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah, the thing I like about it is it, 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 it's close to human food. I mean, I would, I looked at that. I love sardines, and I looked at it, and I would eat that. I mean, that's, I mean, it, it looks that good. And it's and it, I, the thing I like about Avengers is that it, it gives us that that assurance that it's it's whole quality that even we as humans could eat. <laughs> yeah, what are the trends in pet food right now? Well, that's a that's a you know it changes um, usually if, if there's some news. Uh, the a big thing that we see now is because of the DCM dilated cardiomyopathy. Um, mm-hmm. There's a big. Uh, I guess it used to go grain-free. Now it's actually coming back full circle to be inclusion of grains. Um, so that's pretty common. Um, so, What kind of grains are you talking? Are they new? Are they like ancestral grains or quinoa, legume. which is a fruit? Uh, so there's, um, I would say, legumes. So uh, peas and the, the pulses, uh, chickpeas and lentils, those are more mm-hmm. on the no list uh, as of right now, um, mm-hmm. but we still see the coconut oil, the kia, the quinoa um, still being a popular option, but not for all foods because sometimes the simpler uh, ingredient panel, the more identifiable the uh, formula is, the simpler it is. It, I think that kind of has uh, assurance, especially with some canned food where they are possibly using it as a topper for their dry food, so they just want something not too fancy, um, because mm-hmm. in the wild, I mean, a lot of dogs, you know, they're not going towards the coconut oil. Um, so, 
you know, so some of it is kind of, well, how much is it on the human side to appease the human customer as opposed to functionality for the dog? Mm, got it, got it. So that's kind of where the, uh, where we have to kind of draw the line to say, you know, maybe we'll have some products for that or some products that we don't want to be, you know, giving into uh, the humanization because it really has no effect yeah. for the animal. Anthropomorphism is, yeah, it, it does happen in pet care, pet foods, you know. So um, tell us also, this is a $27 billion industry, according to AmericanVeterinarian.com. They also point out how important it is to understand how to read a pet label. The food label, if you're looking for a high-quality food, what words are you looking for in the label? Well, you're always going to look for a meat as the first ingredient. Um, the ingredient panel is, is an order of majority of predominance, uh, and then it goes descending. So the first few ingredients, uh, you definitely want to um, make it of what you want it to be or what the label uh, on the front of the packaging is. If you're picking up a beef formula, you want it, the first ingredient to say beef um, or some other kind of beef product near, you know, going down the list. So uh, organs are always nice, so like beef liver, for instance. And if mm-hmm. you get uh, more technical, the higher meat consists of basically no carbohydrates, so it consists of fats and protein. So if you look at an ingredient panel, if it has a higher protein and fat content, you're going to have mm-hmm. a higher meat content generally. Oh. oh, okay. Now, do you guys put bones in dog food? We do. That will give you the natural source of calcium that we want. Yeah. So our goal uh-huh. is actually to make the food as complete as possible naturally without any supplements. Um, yeah. Of the so vitamins and minerals. Is that, would that be considered like beef byproducts on the label? The bones is not considered byproduct. Um, okay. The AFCO definition of chicken, for instance, is the meat, the bone, and the flesh, which is the skin. So okay. if you see chicken, it, it can and typically does consist of all those parts. Oh, okay. All right. Interesting. Where do you see things going in the near future in pet food? <laughs> well, that, there's a couple different directions, I would say, as of recently. Um, different, different brands go in different directions where they the more – the more that's in there, the better. The more um, superfoods, the better. Um, mm-hmm. some, and sometimes we see uh, the simpler, the better. Uh, and sometimes, actually, the more gross-sounding. So byproducts used to be a no-no. But depending on what byproducts is being used, so, for instance, the liver is a very good organ to use, but obviously we don't want the, the guts and the head and things like that. That's mm-hmm. not something... Okay. That's more of a no-no byproduct. I understand, yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your operation there. You guys have been in business since 1935, and I believe your parents bought the business. Uh, it was operated in a Chicago suburb, but you have a whole new plant. That is correct. Um, but we do have a new facility. Uh, we were expanding, um, and mm-hmm. just and, and primarily what we do is the canned food, uh, and been doing that for 85 years, so a very long time. Um, and mm-hmm. being centrally located to Chicago was, um, was a must for us because most of our raw materials is coming from the city, um, from those oh. uh, meat markets, and we actually have mm-hmm. our own 
truck, our own vehicle, to it, um, it has a route and picks up our raw materials from the chicken, the fish, the lamb, the salmon, um, in Chicago, where we bring the raw materials to Evangers and make the food within 24 to 48 hours. So that's very unique mm-hmm. um, for a pet food company to even do that, because typically yeah. a pet food company is going to say, well, we need to make, you know, we need more chicken uh, in inventory. But actually for Evangers, our production is based on the raw materials that we receive, and then we put that into inventory. Oh, okay. But All right, so this fresh. is kind of a boutique thing that you can you can produce it very quickly, it's fresh, and you're getting it out faster. Exactly, and that's just how oh, we've okay. been set up. All right, good. Well, you've got some interesting lines, the Against the Grain cat food products. Um, I love this new, uh, like I've already said, the sardines. Those are amazing. So definitely encourage people to go to evengersdogfood.com. And thanks, Brett Schur, Assistant Vice President of Evengers. Thanks for being with us today. And thanks for having me. All right, take care. Thank you. Um, we've got a few minutes left today, and we have a bunch of listener questions. Um, if you have a question, you can actually get in touch with us at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Um, Today, uh, we also are getting questions through our Facebook page, Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice on Facebook. And then we also have questions that have been coming into holisticvetadvice at gmail.com. So if you want to reach out to us, we're always here. Uh, Dr. Carson also provides telemedicine. He provides like a records review to help you find some holistic ways to help you treat your animal. He'll work with your vet um, in your area if you'd like him to. And all of those things are available again on our Facebook page, Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. So our first question today comes from Nikki. She's seeking a recommendation for oral care for her dog. And Nikki is confused by all the products on the market. Right, and uh, it happens to be uh, Pet Dental Month, which is really good. Uh, always look for BOHC certified on the label. So that's uh, Veterinary Oral Health Care Council. So they've looked at these, they've scrutinized the products to make sure that they're going to be specifically designed for that particular uh, entity. So for mm-hmm. dealing with oral care, uh, all those products, if they're labeled uh, properly, uh, are going to be safe and also be very useful against dental yeah. problems. Okay. A lot of things could happen, I suppose, if you were using an uncertified product, which is why I really, really like the certifications that go yeah. and the companies that take the time to do it right. Um, you know, stomach aches and uh, just a lot of different things. Ineffectiveness if you're using a product that's not BOHC certified. Right, because you don't know what's in there. You don't know what you're getting. But if you have people that are, you know, companies that are taking the time to actually get them certified and you have councils that are actually looking at these products mm-hmm. to making sure that you're getting the right product, it's great for consumers um, and then it's uh, also very effective. Mm-hmm. For, it's great for, for pets. Pet yeah. Yeah. It, the it probably cost a little bit more, some of the VOHC certified products, but it's really worth it. Yeah. I mean, you don't know where another company, you know, just wants to make a buck. Um, you don't know really even 
the manufacturing process, what's going on with it. I mean, even in human toothpaste, they found uh, quantities of lead, Mm. that kind of thing. You know, in in some of the human products, uh, it was a scare a few years ago. But um, hopefully, you know, that's not going on with animal care products, but it is something to consider. And, you know, if you're using any products that you've gotten, it's always a great idea to take those to your vet appointment and just show your doctor what you're using just so they know. Yeah, you know? because the, the best advice um, is, is going to come from your veterinarian. Mm-hmm. So when you're taking those products or getting those products, you want to take them to the vet and you talk about them mm-hmm. and say, I want to use this product. What do you think? So the, the more information gathering mm-hmm. you can get, you're, you're more of a wise consumer. Yeah, or even just take it to your annual appointment. Right. Right. So, okay. So our next question today is Kathleen, who wants to know the recommended brand for green-lipped mussels. Um, Here we have used Northwest Naturals. They are freeze-dried, so they're very much like the environment from where they came. Just a literal dried shell with the muscle inside of it. You can see everything. You can smell it. You could rehydrate it. And, you know, and they're good and stinky like that. Your dog is going to love it. And so will the cats, actually. So these are... um, I know there are probably other brands out there, but this is just a line that we have become used to and worked with for a really long time. They're super high quality products and uh, they're made by Northwest Naturals. So we sell all of their treats, their foods, and obviously the green-lipped mussels. Those are good for inflammation. So that's uh, something we talked about a couple weeks ago. Kathy asks, if you have any recommendations for an aggressive cat, her one and a half year old female cat is mean to a feral cat that Kathy brought in the house in mid-December. Now, this girl cat even camps outside the door where this new cat to the home stays. And she's going to make sure he doesn't come out. She sounds like she's really running the show. Right. you got an alpha female there. So anytime you're introducing a new cat, you, they, you do the right thing. Keep the, the separation between the rooms through a door. The nice thing about a door is that you can spray a product like Feel Away on each side of the door uh, that acts as like a mutual mediator. Okay. So it helps to relax them on both sides. She's been using a little bit of that. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. good. And the second thing is time. You don't want to just let them together and fight it out. That's not a good thing to do. Okay. Um, the third thing is that you want to introduce uh, really a particular food just as a little treat that you only feed when close to the door. So eating together is a mutual, when you sit down uh, to eat, mm-hmm. uh, it's a great way to you know, to talk and to visit. Uh, same way for animals. Eating is a way of truth. So feeding on both sides of the door. Feeding on both sides of the door. And they'll know it because they can smell from a thousand miles away. <laughs> That's right. And, yeah. and when they f- feel like there's no more hissing and, and agitation, mm-hmm. then... Go ahead and try to, to bring them together. Okay. Another question from a viewer. When is a good time to have my puppy spayed? I got it for Christmas. Well, the, especially uh, the, the best time is when the growth plates close. And that's going to be about a year. But uh, depending on the agreements that you have with the places that you got the puppy, whether you're adopting it or whether you uh, purchases from a breeder, they may have specific guidelines. Okay. Uh, but I like a year now because the growth mm-hmm. plates close and then you're getting that estrogen or testosterone. For the first year of life. For the first year of life. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Very good. And then um, this is my personal question because I never really talked to you about our dogs, but why does the dog keep getting in bed and spooning me? 
Like I wake up and he's got his arms around me and he's cuddling up to me. <laughs> it's so weird, but <laughs> he loves you for one thing. But but dogs are pack animals, so so uh, you know, sleeping as a pack is 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 the, the natural thing for dogs. So that's what he likes to do. Um, when he has an opportunity to do that, it makes him feel more comfortable. Makes him feel good. Okay, maybe a little too good. Yeah. But I need some sleep, so I think he's going to have to <laughs> find somebody else to spoon with, and I'm going to send him your way. That's right. <laughs> it was so weird the first time it happened, but I guess it's just one of those things. So right, right. <laughs> it's Benjo's thing, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today, everybody. Uh, please like our Facebook page and share uh, Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. You can get in touch with us there. Also with Dr. Carlson about any questions, problems, or concern, or any ways he can help you through telemedicine. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening this week to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. Please join your hosts, Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson again next Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now go make some time with your best friend. 